You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we continue our look at phase four of the MCU with the discussion of the film Eternals. Here to discuss the film with me is Mr. Ike Harris. Okay, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. It's Mr. New Mutant himself, Alan White. <laughs> Hi, that's wrong. You wrong uh-huh. for that. Before getting into our discussion, I would like to mention that we are proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. Search Deliberate Noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network alan explain to the audience who ike harris is ike harris is the aka of a one icarus mm-hmm. the eternal it was his, it was the name he used to fit in with the regular humans uh-huh. in the comic book by jack kirby see i did my uh, i did my research you sure did yeah i was like ooh, i'm gonna call alan this yeah because i remember i was reading those first couple pages and i'm like ike i was like oh god talk about a name that you never hear now like that is such like a back in the day kind of a name yeah (laughs) and then once they said his last name was harris i was like (laughs) i I gave a little eye roll and was like oh jack oh boy (laughs) oh boy i see where this is going (laughs) jack was hitting it hard back in the 70s well you gotta turn those out baby you gotta you gotta hit those deadlines it was amazing. Churn and burn. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into the drink roll call. What is it that you are having uh, beverage-wise? I went, like I decided, I just need to try some new things. Oh, so okay. I carried my ass to the supermarket. I took the frozen Bacardi pina colada mix. And I went to the drugstore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have, a, have those in your neighborhood. The drugstore. <laughs> sto sto apostrophe the drug the not the drug the liquor stove the liquor stove <laughs> liquor stove and i bought some malibu coconut rum uh. <laughs> yes i did and some jack oh wow for for an extra kick and i am currently drinking a jack colada wow these are things i thought i would never hear that's that what seems, I'm saying. That's awfully intense for you, I would say. Well, that's why I'm go- I'm about to be a mess on this. Well, show, but I'm ready. You'd have oh, to get ready. Man. What are you drinking? You know what that you know what that reminds me of is uh, near our home. We just had a restaurant that opened up that was like island themed, hmm. and so they had a whole bunch of different rum drinks, and you could get them in in a pineapple and all that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, I don't. I didn't see anything about any jack daniels but uh but they had plenty of rum and i'm not really a rum guy i'm like a i can I, i'm like a clear alcohol but not rum <laughs> kind of a person <laughs> like gins and vodkas i'm okay otherwise i'm in trouble and rum but not rum and why not rum i don't know i, I think that i don't like the flavor of coconut what yeah. oh and session what yeah it's just coconut not that is my favorite flavor ever wow okay well i love coconut believe I love it or it. not we i guess we're different i love I it didn't... artificial i love it natural <laughs> I, I love it sweet okay uh, it doesn't matter i love coconut the only kind of coconut that i like is um like in uh like a greek yogurt 
Well, then you like coconut. Yeah, but that's I don't like coconut flavored drinks or, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't get something that has like coconut shavings on it, like a dessert with coconut shavings. No, thanks. Well, in fact, coconut shavings themselves get caught between my teeth all the time. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, that so welcome to coconut talk. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you drinking? So what I'm having is uh, something that is very Allen-esque, I thought. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a nice little sweet, simple drink. It is a, a vodka lemonade, and it is heavy on the lemonade Ooh. because I needed something sweet, Alan. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm having. Um, if uh, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why when we're when we're done recording. <laughs> oh, but oh, the general audience doesn't get to hear. Yeah, the, I mean, the general audience isn't. I wouldn't think particularly interested. <laughs> I'll say it that. Way. Leave it up to the general <laughs> audience, Eric. Well, okay, so it's because uh, I've been doing some home improvement type stuff around my home, All including right, uh, including converting my kids playground area into a garden All right on. and so there's like a 20 foot by 20 foot area that's got about six to eight inches deep of pea gravel of uh playground gravel is that what they call it pea yeah, gravel? P- yeah p-e-a pea gravel oh they need to co- they need to rename that yeah <laughs> and so it's tough to get rid of because nobody really wants it because it's just kind of i mean it's not completely <laughs> it's, it's called pea gravel that's, <laughs> yeah, why. that's right that's right they're like oh i can't i can't handle I'm that i'm not buying that <laughs> and so um i've been having to sort of like pull up different rock around our landscaping and then put it on the bottom and then put a regular rock on top like more of a <laughs> river rock so just, just kind of hiding it but anyway so i've got like six uh garden beds that are like four by eight and uh i've been tilling the ground and tilling it tilling it and pl- and i've got a whole bunch of plant babies that are growing on the deck and listen audience did you guys even know that eric was this man out here <laughs> just like a man man right yeah. like a grown-ass full-blooded man just out a here. full sloppy sweaty disgusting manly mess well and now you so guys had a Got a better idea. Yeah, so I had to take a shower, and then I was like, you know what? I am still parched, so I better have something sweet. And And there you are. Yeah, that's what we are drinking. Of course, uh, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the 2021 Marvel film, Eternals. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? 
We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. loved these people since the day we arrived when you love something you protect it This even made of vibranium. Fall collection. IKEA. And the IMDb plot synopsis is short and sweet, which is interesting because I have a very important question for Alan right when it is finished, and it goes like this. Following the events of Avengers Endgame 2019, it has to say, because like there's been several other movies also called Avengers Endgame, which is ridiculous. Uh, An unexpected tragedy forces the Eternals, ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years, out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. Okay. So that is the plot synopsis. That, to me, reads like that is um, generated by like a Disney or a, a Marvel that's it's too sort of short, sweet, and uh, uh, sort of like collected or like composed mm-hmm. to be a regular person uh, writing it. Oh, the so frequency. You, you think an AI did it? Well, I just think that like someone that knows what they're doing wrote that one. Oh, okay. Um, uh, a house the, writer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone that works for Disney that does that for a living, I think, did that because it it gives you a general sense of what it's about without giving out too much of the of the plot or who it's based on. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you that Cersei is the main character and that kind of stuff. Right. Mm. Can they, can they give that skill over to people who make trailers? Oh, that would be interesting because I mean, this trailer gives out a lot of stuff, you know, which I still don't know. So I haven't watched it yet. Even though I've watched the movie two times. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I, I watched this earlier, uh, earlier today uh, before diving into the garden. (laughs) <laughs> and it was the first time that I had seen it. Um, and I had seen the trailers because I, at the time, had not read any of the books. And truth be told, I only I only read, uh, I think, two, two or three episodes or two or three issues is all the farther that I'm in mm-hmm. of Jack Kirby's run. Okay. Um, so I definitely know the Icarus stuff. They met um, the Celestials, that kind of thing. So. It was a it was a nice kind of a background. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of oof. I mean, my first comment is I kind of wished they would have done more directly Jack Kirby stuff in this. Right, 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 right. Um, but that's not to 
to shadow what I'm going to say about the movie, but what did you tell me about this? You went to the theater or this was, Oh, this was in COVID times or, or was this not? No, this was, this was when, um, I had seen black widow in the theater. So I was definitely going to watch right, 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 right. Eternals. And this was as things were thawing out and you go in with your ID and your um, proof of that and, and uh, a mask. And then you felt safe and you go and you sit and you watch this thing. When I went to see Eternals, oh, it was a it was a rough experience in the movie theater, not because of all the things I just said, but because it was in the middle of the day and there was no school and somebody let their children out. Oh, no. And there were like seven little hellions (laughs) sitting in the back of the theater who Evidently, their attention span could have been like 13 seconds max. Mm. So they couldn't help but talk to each other and giggle and look at their phones and all this bullshit. Then, to top it off, I guess I didn't I didn't look hard enough at uh, which which auditorium I was picking mm-hmm. because my showing had um, captions at the bottom of the screen for the entire movie. Oh, is that is that regularly an option? No, but I, I later learned that um, the woman who plays Makari and the um, and 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 the and people who are um, hearing impaired lobbied for the movie to have a a certain showing for hearing impaired people and include um, captions. Oh. Because okay. it, it was full awareness of the actress who is uh, hearing impaired, who's, who is uh, born deaf. So so when I was watching the movie, I didn't know that. And I was mm-hmm. just pissed. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> because, like, why are the captions on? Yeah. And when are they going to turn them off? And, and like, I get it. One of them is deaf. So they, they're using captions for her sign language. And thank you very much. But I don't need captions for all the jokes that mm. Kingo is telling because it's 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 telegraphing the jokes before they're told and it's not funny anymore. So yeah, it whole... is tough because the timing is always slightly different. Yep. Like they can't ever get it like to the, to the frame, right? right? Like, because you have to have time to read it if you're reading it right? Or to sink and soak into your brain and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't know that Lauren Ridloff was uh, the plays Macari. She was uh, Miss deaf America. See, that's, a, that's interesting. It's from an entire deaf culture. And then and she's uh, she's also in The Walking Dead, which I didn't know. Well, I wouldn't have known that because I ain't watching nobody's Walking Dead. <laughs> comic or no comic, I ain't watching no horror. Not, not today. <laughs> not me. Yeah, future Alan will take care of that. <laughs> nope. Not, not then, not now, not to be. Oh, that's funny. So your experience was was somewhat tainted then it was it was tainted times two but i uh i drove all that distraction out because i just wanted to see my my main thrust was how does this fit in with the mcu how mm-hmm. how possibly because like you were mentioning the kirby comics exist and there's been several volumes after that that re reimagined or revisited the Eternals and have them fit in the 616 in some way. And I'm always, I've always been curious to how 
even in the 616, you, they use Eternals mm -hmm. because of the whole backstory of Eternals and how it's so integral to, um, to Earth history in the 616, but yet Earth history in the 616 also includes Thor mm -hmm. from, from mm -hmm. Asgard and Hercules from Olympus. And so all these pantheons exist in the same universe. How do the Eternals fit in there? Because the names of the Eternals are um, like derivative of Greek right. gods because they've been alive so long that according to uh, Jack and company, then they, they have such an influence over human development that when they interacted with humans of, of Rome, of Greece, of, um, of the Aztecs and, and all, that their names became the names of the gods that we have in our history. So in the 616 in the comics, in fact, the boss of the Eternals at the beginning was named Zurus, Z-U-R-A-S. Mm -hmm. And his presence in um, Olympus, where their chief, um, <laughs> their chief kind of crew of the Eternals were, the Greeks mistook or or um, reinterpreted him as Zeus, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And his daughter is Thena, which is played by Angelina Jolie in the movie with blonde hair. Thank you very much. <laughs> Finally, they got some something right to translate to the to the movies. She her, her name is Thena, but the the Greeks interpreted her as Athena, mm -hmm. the goddess of war. So. You have that in the 616, but yet you also have the Greek god Zeus and you have Athena and you have the whole pantheon who gave rise to Hercules. So I wanted to just know how, how, how does all that fit in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that was a that was a part where I was like, OK, because they they explain away the reason why they haven't been allowed to interfere really early in the movie mm -hmm. uh and they do that with um with dane whitman with uh, kit harrington's character mm -hmm. and so i was like oh okay um i guess i guess here's well <laughs> bring it <laughs> let me let me ask you a question uh, let me see if i can answer it all right what is the plot of this movie <laughs> like what is let me say it this way what is the core of the yeah. story that we're telling. All right. So then we're going to just blow it right open right now. Right. Yeah. 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 The, the plot of the movie is that the, the celestials that are in charge of seeding the universe and creating everything. They're a farmer, much like myself. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were out there in the garden with no shirt on, like you were, but <laughs> yes. Blinding but, folks. <laughs> so what they do is they they have they seed planets with i guess the the spark of a growing celestial to carry on the work and the way the celestial grows is by feeding off of the life energy of the inhabitants of the planet mm -hmm. that they were seeded into and when that when when it when it ripens i suppose when they've gotten as, enough of that energy they are born they burst out of the planet and they go on 
to carry the work by creating other planets and other universes and all that stuff. So Earth happened to be one of those places that was seeded and the Eternals are put on this planet to continue to um, garden the humans, mm -hmm. to safeguard them, to help them grow, to help them develop and become a thriving population of people to feed that growing eternal, I mean, that growing celestial inside the planet. And then eventually the, the celestial gets big enough to burst out. So essentially the Eternals are like farmers to a big egg. Mm -hmm. And when the egg is ready to hatch, the, the egg bursts, the Eternals get kind of reabsorbed back into the mothership and um, the Eternal, the, the Celestial goes on to wherever else. The plot of this movie is these Eternals don't know that that's what their job is. Only one of them does. And when they find out that this is who they actually are, they realize that um, this planet that they're on is too precious it's mm -hmm. too special why because thanos came he snapped half the universe away mm -hmm. and this planet only only were the key ingredients to snap the universe back right nowhere else in all of the cosmos nobody else did this except us on earth tony stark and the avengers so when that happened um Ajak fell in love with what humanity was and mm -hmm. found them to be way more special than anything else anywhere else. No matter how many times they've done this, this planet shouldn't shouldn't be destroyed when the celestial wakes up. Yeah, this one's different. This one's this one is different. Unique, right? And and to be honest, I I had forgotten that one specific point that Thanos's snap was the key ingredient that made Ajax change her mind. Mm -hmm. Because I would ask the same question, why Earth? What, what makes Earth so different? According to the backstory, the Eternals had done this millions of times mm -hmm. on millions of planets for there to be millions of, or at least millions of years worth. I don't know exactly how many planets, but millions of years worth of this kind of development and the, and the, the planet blowing apart and the celestial and the Eternals getting drawn back up into the mothership into their android bodies or whatever kind of bodies there are, and then move on to the next planet. But why Earth? That's why Earth. Because uh -huh. Earth, Earth alone and humans alone were the ones who fixed it after Thanos uh, totally screwed the entire universe. Right. So that feels very like, um, obviously, it's like a, a cosmic sort of global story as well as... Um, you know, Earth is this precious, unique thing that is capable of these great things. Yeah. So that feels like plenty of movie for me. Okay. For that story. Mm -hmm. But then tell me about, I wrote in the notes, Ike slash <laughs> Dane slash Cersei. That's a whole storyline. Yeah. Then we have Sprite. Yes. Icarus. That connection. Yes. Then we have Fostos, his spouse Ben, their child, mm -hmm. that story. We have Gilgamesh and Thena, and Thena losing her mind and yes. not being herself and not being able to remember, and that whole storyline. Yes. Kingo being 
a star and that storyline, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is way <laughs> too much stuff. And that's sort of where that's like where I was like, okay, what as a as someone that would be like if I was the producer, hmm. right? It would be like, what story are you wanting to tell? Because all of them tell because, all the stories. <laughs> because for me, if this is a limited series of like eight episodes, perfect. Mm. Go down all those little. Oh, that's a good point. Go yeah. down all those little paths. Great. Yeah, yeah. If this is Hawkeye, Moon Knight, whatever, great. But this is two hour, two and a half hours, or two forty five, or whatever. Two thirty eight. And <laughs> there were long stretches to where I'm like, "What are we doing? Like, what, what, like, what's, what's?" And it wasn't like I was upset at the movie, but I'm like, "Where are, like, what are we?" where are we going? And I think what made me really think that was the fact that we didn't start on the, the very far BC planet at the beginning. So we go through the, the scrawl at the beginning of it explains who the deviants are and who the eternals are. And which was a lie, which was a lie, by the way. Oh, was that not, was that not correct information at the beginning? Right. It was it was the story put forward, but it wasn't the real tr- it wasn't the real truth. Uh, what do you mean? I guess I don't remember the I guess I don't remember it that well. Well, the real truth is that Arishem, the celestial, mm-hmm. created both the Eternals and the Deviants. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, 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 yes. And he, he Arishem created them to do that little dance on the planet to stoke and provoke the race on the planet to flourish and thrive so that the energy would, would feed the celestial inside the planet. So even that scrawl was just a, a, just a big mis- setup, a misdirection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we get, we get that opening moment and then we go straight into uh, Ajak getting the sort of ability to speak to the celestial. Mm-hmm. Cause she's a boss. And so then I'm like, okay. And then we go from that to where we get like uh Gemma Chan as Cersei saying, isn't it beautiful to Icarus? And they're talking about Earth. Yes. And then they go down to Earth. So I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) You got to start with the human people because this is such a cosmic, global, like hard to understand kind of a concept of who these people are. Mm. So I would say you would start with the minute, with the common man, Mm-hmm. And you start with them coming down, fighting the deviants like they did. Mm-hmm. And that's your introduction to them. Not the little like them all palling around or whatever at the beginning, kind of like, oh, here we go again, fellas. And I'm like, what, is, what are we doing? Like, what is this? So yeah, that, I would, I would have preferred if we started with the humanity first. Okay. So the people that were on the shores. Yes. And, yeah. and the, oh shit moment that I, fucking hated oh the part that hurt my heart <laughs> that like scared me half to death with the when yes. the boys uh cleaning exactly. the fish that exact Woo. thing that was that was the equivalent of a t-bone car crash well Dude. i was like whoa like holy shit that was another part where i was kind of like what who is this for then yeah fortunately they didn't do that again they had little jump scares but not like that one mm-hmm. that was that was fucked up yeah it was it was really dark for the rest the way that the rest of the movie goes yeah yeah i don't know whose idea that was yeah so 
so I, okay. So the other thing I wanted to, to get kind of out of the way up front is, um, boy, I did not like the character design of the deviants. Okay. Mm-hmm. I liked that at the beginning and page like five or whatever it is that Jack puts in the book. Mm-hmm. Here's what humans look like. Here's what deviants look like. Here's the eternals. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to pick an eternal, Richard Madden as Icarus is not a bad place to start <laughs> uh, because my, my good friend, Mrs. Rachel, she said she had some highly inappropriate things to say about uh, how he looks. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Richard Madden, a good place to start in terms of your character design for what an eternal looks like. And how and, about this? And how about this? Uh-huh. He had the nerve to have a Scottish accent mm-hmm. on top of those. Uh-huh. Oh, and they had to give him that little, uh, the little white stripe in the front what? of his hair too. You know, what uh-huh. is up with that? But um, I, my bone to pick is that his hair wasn't blonde because. Oh, could... you know, that's what I was like. Ike's hair is blonde. What is this about? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we go many... from. So many times I see blonde haired men from like soap operas in the 80s and it didn't look it didn't look like Brillo. It didn't look bleached white. I mean, it actually looked like normal blonde. And I just never see that anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, So you had him and then, you know, the the other even outside of Richard Madden, the, the cast is ridiculous looking. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, Gemma Chan is our main character. Of course, I already mentioned Dane Whitman. You already said Angelina Jolie, but Salma Hayek is the leader. Kamel mm-hmm. Gianni is uh, ridiculously ripped in, which was kind of wasted in this movie. Wasn't it, though? <laughs> I was like, man, he is in such good shape. Show and it off th- a little bit. <laughs> right. Wearing all these clothes. Like, why? All that work you did, buddy. Like, be in the dressing room for a minute. Yeah, between between sh- between scenes and have no shirt on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. So, um, so I so that's all to say that I didn't love the deviant design because yeah, I felt like it was just kind of muddy and gray and mm-hmm. and not as distinctive as it could have been. Because Jack, I mean, you don't have to have like a big egg shaped green man, but you could <laughs> you could do something, you know, and you didn't need a. You didn't need Crow to be like a, a purple guy, mm. which it would have been fine if it was, mm. because who's to say that it wouldn't be? But mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I just I didn't love the the fact that all of them had to be sort of like Jurassic Park looking things it had to be all be sort of like animalistic. Yeah, with all the sinew and all these ropes and mm-hmm. and tendrils and things. That was weird. Yeah, so I don't know. That was a choice that I didn't. I don't know whose choice that is, uh, or or was. I don't know if that was Chloe Zhao or if it was a Marvel directive or what. But but that I could have I could have done without. Mm. Um, and that sort of made it muddier to me once you realize that oh, they're both there and they both have their own purposes and and you know one evolved too quick and so they designed the Eternals not to evolve. Um, and you're kind of like well. Yeah, but you made one like clearly the villain by the design. Like I don't know, I didn't, I didn't love it. I thought it would have been more interesting if they were both just humans. Oh, okay. And if the human, well, how would how would the humans be threatening to the general population of, of Earth? And... Well, I mean, you could have just had like deviants that were people like history's greatest villains or something like that. You know uh, what I mean? Oh, yes. 
And I don't know if that's something that they're going to use later in like a secret invasion kind of an idea or what they're going to do when we get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there could have been decisions behind the scenes that uh, made it to where they're like, you know what, we're just going to make it sort of like a, a beast mm. kind of a and creature. You, you notice that Crow was trying to assume more of a human, like a human form after yeah, a while. Yeah, the more evolved he would become, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they're trying to get that close but it also seemed like there were only six deviants it did <laughs> which i was like wait a minute <laughs> i don't think that's okay all right <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was sort of like well there's x amount of eternals so i guess we can only just have this many deviants also okay yeah because in the comics there's a whole population of them that's like a hundred of them or so hmm. of, of of the uh, eternals Oh, okay. Well, she yeah, because, and we get a little planet. bit of that at the uh, toward the end, which I was like, are, are they going to talk about uh, some post credit stuff when they when they uh, when they bring up my kiddos guy uh, Harry Styles? I was like, are they going <laughs> to factor this in or not? So, thought that, that was interesting that he got brought up. Mm. And you'll you'll say Harry Styles to the cows come home, and I will not know the difference between Harry Styles and anybody else who was wearing that suit. Oh, it's just the guy um, that plays uh, Star Fox at the end. Yeah. But who is Harry Styles himself though? Harry Styles is a singer. He was in, uh, he was in one direction, uh, which is a boy band. So over my head. And then he's also uh, an actor now in, in some things like he was in Dunkirk and he was, he's uh, in a movie that's, um, called uh don't worry darling that's coming out soon with uh, florence Pugh, and miss uh Ooh. miss black widow's uh Yelena you know what in i saw that trailer is that mm-hmm. li- like on some kind of army base or something and yes it yeah looks kind of like um stepford wives dish yes okay yeah so that's that uh so we were talking about harry styles playing um playing arrows playing Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was in, what was important about that little post credit piece was that was that was right when I started reading Avengers. It oh. was it was in the Monica Rambo, uh, Star Fox, um, Dane. Uh, it was uh, Dane Whitman, um, Black Knight, occasionally before the jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was all those sort of uh, kind of lesser Avengers, but still Avengers, and that was the group that I was more interested in because they were the less iconic um, okay. Avengers. So I was like, and oh, what, cool. It's just this kind of like a ragtag group that has to overcome. And wasn't Cersei a part of those? Avengers? Well, she was eventually, but I'm talking about like, uh, what was the dude, Dr. Like Druid? Oh, Dr. Druid. Back in those sort of days. Oof. Yeah. Just so bleak looking. Mm-hmm. No, no color coordination, no nothing. And then they get the nerve to put them brown jackets on too. Oh yeah. Come on. <clears throat> yes. The, uh, the ugliest adventures is what I like to call. <laughs> yes. That was, yeah. Right. When they get the jackets on, that's when you had uh, Natasha with the pixie cut and then Cersei came on and crystal was there and it was mm-hmm. the whole thing. Now, when when Cersei was on the Avengers, didn't she have a little flirtation with Dane Whitman? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. So absolutely. that was so cool that they put him in this movie in, uh, in any capacity. Yeah. So what I liked about that is I love the idea 
I love the idea of the ebony blade and this thing that won't let you like not kill people or this thing that you have to kind of control constantly. Mm. Right. Because I think that that's such a good metaphor for sort of your emotions and lashing out or holding things in or whatever. Mm. And I think that that that's really effective. And I think that that can be done visually really well, whether it's through something as simple as uh, kids movies with your Harry Potter stuff, where you get tempted to, um, you know, turn to the dark side, like in the star Wars reference or, and so I think you, you see that first post or that uh, second post credit scene. And that's really interesting to me. I don't know when the Eternals are coming back, mm-hmm. uh, but it, supposedly they are in some, in some respect. I don't know that. I don't know that they're going to do a sequel, uh, but we'll see. It would be cool if they did what exactly what you're talking about, but but now that they've covered all their lives, before they all had to get together and do their um, a rebellion against Arisham, maybe they it would fit a movie better than this one did because the idea to do the miniseries or the, the a Disney series of six or seven episodes that really would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really what I would have preferred. And I'm I'm surprised that this got past the sort of writing stage of having this much material in it. And I think that where I struggled was was in the structure, because we like I said, I I would have preferred we started with humans and then introduced them because they're godlike, uh, especially once you get to their names and the mythology, like we already mentioned. But I also thought that it was really jarring how we kept jumping around for no real reason to the past and to the present. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we would have occasionally we would have something like Cersei would think about a time when her and um, Icarus were happy together and when they got married and all those sorts of things. So that I was like, oh, OK, we're that's our link. But then there'd be other times where we'd we'd go to the past and we'd learn about Babylon. We'd learn about all these different things or we'd see them fighting. And I'm like, why, why do we need to know this though? Like, what is the purpose of this? Hmm. It's just to show off that they're good fighting or good fighters. And I'm like, okay, neat. But, but <laughs> what, what story purpose does this serve? Well, you can tell, you can tell that where... you can tell that Icarus and Cersei's backstory was key for the moment where spoiler as if we didn't start spoilers already yeah, really that icarus was faithful to arisham's first mission mm-hmm. of letting the planet get blown up and so he allowed ajak to be killed led her to her death and then um tried to take out everybody else because they decided that they were going to stop arisham and he's like no Arishem needs to go ahead and do what he needs to do. This world can go. We got to seed all these other worlds. And Kingo, oh, just he frustrated left. me so much. <laughs> I was so upset. Like they had this funny character who brought some spark and some life to the, the whole ensemble. And then he, like a sucker, decides, well, I agree with I agree with Icarus, but I'm not gonna fight. Bye, and disappears for mm-hmm. like the whole third act of the movie. Well, okay. <laughs> Thanks for um showing up for a minute. That was nice. I thought they could have handled him a whole lot better. Yeah, he could have been a lot better. And I think that they had so many interesting it's it's tough because you do want to have all of the members 
have some sort of character need or some sort of want that they have to resolve by the end of the movie because otherwise why are they there right Mm. but you had so many characters and i was like why are there so many like like (laughs) what what is the purpose of all of these characters they were supposed to have a hundred (laughs) so i was like but you couldn't have you couldn't have shown like the reason that thena is so disturbed is because gilgamesh died in the past and that's something that she's still not able to overcome Mm. yeah because that that mind that that whatever mental thing that i don't that wasn't in the comics i don't believe no i don't think so the what i don't even i didn't write down what it was even called but uh but then the other thing that i thought was was kind of bs was that ajax they just have they go in there and they find her and she's dead Mm -hmm. and i'm like well she's not actually dead and then they're like no she's like for real dead and i'm like what like uh-huh. wait a minute you did Salma Hayek like that like she <laughs> you had like 40 minutes between when she's dead and then you see why she dies mm-hmm. if it's not longer than that and I'm like I thought that Salma Hayek was sort of anchoring our movie uh, but nope no not at all and then that was the other thing that I was like okay so structurally what the hell because we start off with all this um Cersei, Dane, Whitman, aren't they cute together? They're ridiculous looking, all this kind of stuff. And then Dane Whitman's just like, all right, see you in the last five minutes. <laughs> You're like, uh, <laughs> what the hell? Like you got Kit Harrington off of Game of Thrones and his brother Richard Madden off of Game of Thrones. And, <laughs> and then they're not even, they're in like one scene together. Well, you know, because yeah, he's like, not, You're the they're... pilot. He's like, You're, You must be the pilot. Is what yeah. he says to him, <laughs> which I thought you're, that that was really fun. You're my rival. Yeah, you? and With then he, he you know, because in Game of Thrones, I'm assuming yet you didn't watch that, Alan. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, um, but oh. they're brothers in that show. I get that. Yeah, I and, and uh, Kit Harrington as Dane is the little brother. Mm-hmm. John Snow, right? Or yeah, John Snow, Snow. You know. Okay, I know some stuff. Yeah. But the reason why they they gave us the backstory of Cersei and Icarus was so that when Cersei is doing her thing, trying to stop Arishem, and and Icarus decides, no, everybody's going to stop. I'm going to wipe you all out. He couldn't do it to Cersei because of all that backstory and all that past love and stuff. He just couldn't do it. Man, that is a long way. That's like like telling a joke that's 30 minutes long. Like That's such (laughs) a long way to get to that one moment. (laughs) <laughs> right because it like it would have also worked just fine if it was a sprite icarus sort of thing because if it was like a a love that he couldn't reveal because of xyz mm-hmm. and it was just something that was like that he had to hold to himself forever that also would have worked as a reason that he couldn't have killed her but no it- we had to see all of the past and i thought that and it's like I don't want to be too hard on the movie because I thought that at moments it looked spectacular. Like I thought that the visuals were so good in parts of this, especially in the past mm-hmm. when we got to see uh, Gemma Chan and the, and the lights like going through her hair and we see Richard Madden's Icarus like looking at her and we're like, no, I get it. I get why you fell in love with her. Like it <laughs> makes complete sense to me. <laughs> right. Like, so you get stuff like that and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, you could show me that that's such a strong visual. You could show me that in like 
20 seconds and I would I would believe it that he was in love with her and I didn't need to know all of the details of it. You didn't need to have that making love scene. Yeah, I didn't understand what that was about. I thought that one of the things that was a real missed opportunity was the Brian Tyree Henry and his his uh, partner or spouse um, where Love that I, I felt like that was a whole episode worth of material. Yeah. Because they're two people of color. They're raising a, a small child and yeah. he's got this history that his spouse doesn't know about. And it's like, that's a pretty spicy sort of uh reveal. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of, and he, and uh, Ben is just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's all good. Go ahead and leave with them. <laughs> what? <laughs> So the, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff that I felt like, man, there's a lot of interesting choices. And then my my sort of, ooh, and I hate to say this because I, I typically like this actor, but my least favorite performance was Barry Keoghan as uh, Druig. Uh, um, and I thought that that was one of the more interesting characters, mm-hmm. but I thought that he played it so flat that I just didn't like that like I felt like that was that was somebody that that Harry Styles's character could have been to where it was like this leather jacket wearing cool guy, mm. like this sort of a Pied Piper type figure to where that's his persona. Right. You can make anybody do whatever he wants. Like that's his power. Mm. And uh, he can you know, he's a mind controller or whatever. And uh, so I just thought that him being this kind of like. I mean, he's got like a haircut that I had when I was in high school, like this oh, sort of like no. side part bowl cut looking thing. <laughs> did you, Eric? Oh, of course I did. You know, you don't have to tell that to anybody. Well, if I mean, I'll want. just reveal whatever. I talked about my gardening <laughs> what, earlier. It's fine. But the gardening is something that's a humble brag. The, 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 the hair. Well, you I'm don't not, think you don't think the side sure. part is a humble brag? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. All right. Well, we'll let the audience figure that out. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that Barry Keoghan, like he has such a rich, like everyone, like I said, has all of this extra story. But I thought that his was such a good idea of, you know what? I'm not leaving this up to the Celestials. I'm controlling all these motherfuckers. Like <laughs> they're going to do exactly what I want because they get that moment where they say you're not a god. And it's sort of like the you want to bet <laughs> sort of moment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like we get that sort of minor confrontation but then later he's like no i'm good i'm i'm actually longing for makari even though i haven't talked to her in centuries and yeah like, that, okay that, that came from i don't know where okay i don't know where that came from but um the druig in the comics was a lot more sinister than that well he was barry keoghan can play sinister as hell too like he's a, uh-huh. he's just kind of like an odd looking young man yeah. um like he's not he's not richard madden is what i'm getting at but who is though? Well, that's true. But he's I mean, uh but he's a young uh Irish actor, and so I don't think he had to put on anything there. I think that that's just the way that he speaks. Uh-huh. Um, but he plays uh in a in a movie that you'll never watch, Alan, but it's uh Killing of a Sacred Deer, and it's um sort of like he infiltrates a family kind of a thing, and he's just sort of like odd enough to where you're like, I don't want to hurt this kid's feelings because I don't know that he's all okay but i want him to get away from me and they sort of <laughs> don't they, they're not like up front with him and he just kind of worms his way into this family and then is a psycho Uh-oh. so well druig in the comics is I, I don't know if i would call him a psycho but he he definitely has played the role of the villainous 
eternal as opposed to the mission driven mm-hmm. protect earth protect humans eternals mm-hmm. he would he would be in charge of split factions and those who want to un- unseat zurus um and take over the power and be the be the lead of the eternals he he would scheme a lot of times to do that so maybe they i don't know why they included him if they weren't going to fulfill that much but by putting him in the cast or putting him in in the roster of the Eternals, I guess they had to give him some kind of spice. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I wrote down that I, that I had some issues with or some trouble with was uh, a lot of times when I'm reading like beginning screenwriters, the thing that I hear or read a lot is um, everyone uses proper names in dialogue. <laughs> and so it, like every other dialogue exchange i'm like alan it's this alan it's this and i'm like <laughs> yes, dude Eric, people know, right? people don't talk like that like that <laughs> give them a nickname give them some sort of shorthand that they can reference each other this way when they're standing directly in front of the person and using their proper name over and over and this <laughs> script did that so much i was so surprised that they just kept saying ajax icarus Athena, Cersei. I was like, God, I know their names by now, guys. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> because even if you didn't know that Barry Keoghan was Druig, like, what difference does that make? He looks much different than the rest of this cast. True. true. So why why bother? Like, Sprite is a small uh, woman in the movie, and nobody else looks like her. So you're not going to think, oh, is that is that Athena? No, fuck no. <laughs> like, it, she has her own look. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. And Sprite's Sprite's turn was uh comic um accurate. And and her look was kind of comic accurate too. Mm-hmm. Did that that kind of wild red hair? Yeah, almost like uh, hair? almost like uh oh, I guess a little more wild than like a a human version of your girl from the new mutants old Miss St. Clair. That's sort of like the vibe that I got from her with the with the haircut anyway. Yeah, they just made her a little too dour. Mm. Like the sprite in the comics uh, is more of a trickster and uh, mischief and mischievous. Well, but but the character in both this movie and the comics also was um, and is resentful of the fact that there she's eternally a child. Yeah, she's already well. You've already got like the trickster in in Loki, right? It's it's one of those things to where it's like it's it's almost as though Marvel says, "Oh no, we can't have somebody that has similar characteristics." Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and you're like, uh, "No, several characters all have the same characteristics." <laughs> like you can have her be this mischievous Loki like because that's what I thought when I saw her powers. I was like, "Oh yeah, so she's just like a uh, teen Loki." Yeah, because she's just kind of fucking around with people and having a good time while she's doing it and that kind of stuff yeah but she and didn't that's have fine. enough of a good time in the movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like... that's that's fine if she did that though because it's not like they they do bring a point of saying uh they do the connection with um with superman and icarus which i thought yeah. was funny uh but they do stuff like that to where i'm like yeah this is the this is the sort of prototype that we're working off of yeah uh and you can have characters that are like oh makari is super fast okay that doesn't mean that you have to change your power because there's other people that are also fast right like quicksilver yeah exactly and it's like that's that's the sort of thing that makes me 
sort of wonder about the whole um, Fantastic Four and Ms. Marvel to where she has the stretchy limbs and they change mm-hmm. that to make it more cosmic and it's not really like stretchy limbs, supposedly. But anyway, that was supposed to be like a to protect the Fantastic Four's sort of, you know, power set. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? When the comic book Ms. Marvel did her thing, when she first showed up, she was a shapeshifter. She turned into the the very image of Carol Danvers. So I thought that it was an expansion on her body morphing. And then when she just got big, big hands, big feet, big this, big long legs, it didn't look to me as much like she was stretching as it was just kind of mass manipulation of her body, mm. which would, which is different than Reed Richards. So I would still, I would go for that. But if you tell me they're not going to go that in the series, I'll have to accept that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I've been trying to avoid the, the trailers. I just know that there was, there was discussion of why is it that her, powers are much different from what we've seen and that's all of the stuff that i've read and not seen so i could be way off let's hope let's hope so, that you're way off yeah so we'll see but uh but yeah so what so what was some of the things that that you thought were real effective about the script or the, about the movie because i feel like i'm like i thought it was i thought it was good i didn't mm. think that it was I, I was sort of like frustrated because i thought it could have been really great Mm-hmm. and it was just sort of good well now that you introduced the concept of it being a, a, Mar- a disney plus series instead of a movie i'm feeling like that's what should have happened mm-hmm. that most definitely should have happened but i did accept the many storylines happening and it unfolding to develop these people and then they have this common goal I like the fact that they included the uni mind. <laughs> yeah, they they took such time to introduce that and and comment on the name. I was like, that must be something that I haven't got to in the book yet. Yeah, that's Jack. That's mm-hmm. pure Jack. And um, the Kirby esque swirls and mm. and um, kind of scrolling um, swirls and things in the in the costumes. That was that was nice. Um, but for me, yeah, it was not a blockbuster knock me on my can. Wow, I can't I gotta I gotta rave about this movie for me. For me, it was a little um, it was a little flat because of my my initial uh, desire to see how all that mythology actually plays out and how it works. Mm-hmm. And I and I didn't get a cl- I got a clarity on that, but it was murky for me. Uh, yeah, Be- because I I don't think I'm ever going to understand Marvel cosmic in um cosmic origins, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like this, like that scroll at the beginning of the movie did say what was not debunked by you know the revelations of things was that there was a sixth generation or a sixth iteration of universes. So okay. like the, like uh-huh. the first, like the, the, the first sentence of the first paragraph or something said that in the sixth generation. So it, it's, and then in the, in the six, one, six comics, it, they like to say a lot 
that there was like the first universe and then the second universe and the third, and we're like the third iteration or something like that. And this whole idea that the universe reblossoms, like like all of the universe mm-hmm. gets sucked into something and gets destroyed and then gets rebuilt and remade. And then again, it gets destroyed and then it gets remade again. That whole cosmology blows me right out of the water (laughs) i I can't i cannot understand any of that i don't Mm -hmm. know what that i don't know what the implications of that is but they then they borrow from the idea that well from the first universe this being exists Mm -hmm. this being is crossing over to our universe and it's a threat and blah 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 and like you know a giant on a planet five light years from now coming to earth would serve the same purpose people Mm -hmm. like i don't need it to be a whole universe a walking universe sticking his hand into our universe that's threatening our lives. It could just be, uh, it could be a comet for goodness. Like I, the concepts are too big for me. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of myself as an intelligent person, mm-hmm. but it, 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 til- it tilts my pinball machine when they go that big. Well, I mean, you're well known for enjoying yourself some fantastic four and that doesn't mess around when it comes to cosmic stuff. Right. But you it know. didn't, it hasn't gotten as big as these concepts now. Right. So, so, so Arishem is a universe creator mm-hmm. and goes to and makes other celestials. Right. That makes other universes, or do they just make stars and planets? I thought that it was it was stars, like that it was. They needed. They were like making new suns and new planets around those suns, and those inner like that energy fed. Some I was like, I don't. Okay. <laughs> See. Right. Okay. Because I was like, okay, what does this? What does this matter? Because one of the things that it sort of cuts the legs off of the of the characters is that we find out that they're constructs, right? That they're right. not human. That they're not uh, based on like humanity. They're artificially made so it's sort of like a collection of visions and you're like well why do i care what happens to any of them if they're not quote unquote real oh but that wasn't that why they gave you all these lifestyles right and showed you all these backstories that to try to help you invest your intention and, and desire which, which would have been great but i'm like halfway through getting this like well they're not actually real people because there's tons of them and i'm like okay uh, so this is one particular story of uh, of what I'm being told is a disposable character. Like until, until because they at the, because like at the end, spoilers. But at the end, we have Icarus, who very kind of I was like, oh, really? The sun? Like, okay. Uh, but we <laughs> he flew too close to the sun. Yeah, so he goes to the sun and he dies. But I'm like, well, yeah, but there's like billions of other Icaruses, right? Because if, the if, celestial could just make another one, potentially, yes. Right. Yeah, but th- this generation of Eternals were were made to care because they lived on they lived on Earth. They were like Earth Eternals, right? Yes, okay. exactly. They're okay. Earth Eternals. There's there's not another there's not another um, Cersei for Earth, right? And when they are on Earth, they fall in love with Earth, us. But that's so, when I'm like, okay, so it's it's Earths. Uh, mm-hmm. version of Cersei, but that means like, where's the other Cersei? It's in not in the Milky Way. It's in a different 
galaxy. There's a different Cersei there. It's in another universe. That's where I'm kind of like, okay, this yeah. this is where I'm having disconnect in terms of the the scope of what we're doing. Yeah. Well, when those planets blow up and the celestial comes out of it, hatches out of the planet egg, I think those bodies get destroyed. Right. And I, th- and I think their consciousness goes back to either Arisham or wherever, and that consciousness gets put into a new body. And they lose all the, their memories. Yeah, except <laughs> Athena. I mean, Athena. Sorry, Athena. Yeah. Athena loses her memory. Drop the A, she says. Yeah, she. I'll drop it, girl. <laughs> Don't come at me. I will drop that A. She was remembering those past lives and those past planets that got destroyed. Mm-hmm. But that's the sort of thing where I'm like, okay, like you're telling me they're universal, but they're also specific. And or I'm like, I feel like I'm bouncing back and forth as to what I'm supposed to be thinking about the characters. Yeah. And that's, that's the cosmic, that's the cosmic conundrum that I've, I run into. There's just so much, so many concepts to put together and make a whole, but yet there's so many different iterations of these concepts. And yeah. Yeah. Let alone when you're then getting into writer B is like, Oh, actually that's not in Canon (laughs) anymore. We're doing it this. And you're like, all right, right, well, I don't even right. know now. <laughs> Confusing. But yeah, so, the thing that I wish they would have done for this movie is is really if the if you're not going to do a limited series, which I wish they would have done, it would have been really nice if it was Cersei, Sprite, Dane, and Icarus. And as they go, they have to like the movie is them trying to figure out what the next eternal is going to tell them, and then they join up. And it's sort of like a road trip team up sort of a situation. Mm. And what that would give is you can still have development. You can still have types. And it would make me think of more of like a guardians of the galaxy sort of thing where, yes, you get to figure out what Drax's deal is, but at first he's a guy that doesn't know what he just takes everything literally and is the big bruiser type. Like you don't find out later his whole backstory and why he hates Thanos so much and all that sort of thing. Like that doesn't come up for a while. Mm-hmm. And so he's just a certain type. It felt like they were trying to give each of these characters so much of their own moment that it just sort of made everything muddy. Okay. So well, if you would have just maybe... stuck with those four, those four main ones and even mm-hmm. losing Dane after you're going on like the mission mission and you just have those main three, you can get pieces of, Ajax is the one who's changing her mind and Kingo is the rock is the the celebrity and all that kind of stuff you can still get those pieces but I didn't need all of the backstories of all of those mm. so I don't know so maybe what you're what you're asking for will happen because Eros mm-hmm. aka Star Fox shows up to give them a new mission of those who are, are left which is oh by the way Makari was um a male is a was a male in the comic books ah okay and they cast lauren ridoff and so now makari is a female in the comic books well how nice is it that we have i mean and how much different is this in 2021 compared to how things may have been in the past because we have everyone like there are what three white guys (laughs) yeah yeah and we have, uh, I already said that Barry Keoghan was, he's Irish. Um, Richard Madden is Scottish. And then Scottish. Kit Harrington is uh, British. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so it's just, it's just nice to see that it's not all a bunch of white dudes playing all these roles. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah. I didn't even know when Kingo, I, I, I didn't, I don't remember Kingo being in Jack's original ones, but I do know that Jack had some black Eternals in his art and in his stories. Hmm. He had some black ones. So okay. Jack was on it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if, even if they weren't the main ones, he, he included people of color in his, in his, uh, in his work. Yeah. Like, you would feel like, uh, there has to be some sort of like, um, Oh, like the Jack was sort of ahead of his time, at least in terms of like when they created X-Men and all that sort of stuff, which is the persecuted groups, you know, he was aware of those sorts of things. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to wherever they're going to take the Eternals, but it doesn't, I'm not, it, it kind of still has a kind of inhumans vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a, this, this big uh, branch off from the main uh, conflicts and heroes that I look, that I like to watch and look at. And it comes with a backstory that's confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So if it could just, so, so Marvel, could you just kind of shore that up for me, please? Can you just kind of tighten that up? Just, just tighten up that cosmology for me. And yeah, help really. me understand. What, what yeah. would be nice is when, um, have you seen the trailer afterwards? Of uh, trailer. trailer, the trailer of this. Oh no, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. You should watch it when we're done recording and let me know what you think of it because it starts out with, um, the Gemma Chan, or it starts out with uh, Salma Hayek talking about Eternals, but then it transitions to Gemma Chan, and she's doing her speech with uh, with Dane Whitman talking about why uh, they didn't just interfere and all that kind of thing. Mm. And I watched, I must have seen this like leading up to watching the movie. I probably watched or showed the girls the trailer like a half dozen times, maybe, mm. because I think that like I could listen to Gemma Chan read anything (laughs) because she has the perfect sort of voice for this sort of role to where it's like almost, it's like almost unnatural the way that she sounds to where I'm like, she says things so perfectly with this, with this British accent that she has. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, my goodness, like just, (laughs) just keep saying the words and whether it's this or whether she's in, um crazy rich asians which is the thing that i know her best from and then of course she's in captain marvel as well um but uh it's it's in both of these roles where she's kind of asked to be like the stoic beautiful one Mm. and not really like here she has like her big moment where she um transforms the celestial but it's sort of like she's always like very put together Mm. right like very proper Mm-hmm. And she always looks that way, except in Captain Marvel, where she's got all that makeup on. I think it's Minerva, isn't that the character's name? Yeah, that she she's plays blue. She's yeah. a Cree, blue Cree. That's right. And uh, well, I didn't even recognize her. I didn't even. I yeah, didn't that's that's her in there. And uh, but I would I would love to see her do some sort of movie where she just gets really rung through the through the ringer, like where she has to really emote a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's times where she looks and it's just like heartbreaking to me to where I'm like, oh my God, like I can just feel all of this emotion on her face, even though she's not doing a ton. Like, I think it's just all in her eyes. Uh, and I really think that Gemma Chan is somebody that uh, should be used a lot more than she is. So there's my, there's my standing up for Jenna Chan. 
So then let's hope that they, that they didn't just put her on ice, put Cersei on ice in this at the conclusion of this movie and that we won't see her in the second movie. Yeah, they I just, hope not. Well, it seems like it's it's almost like a, isn't it a Guardians 2 or the end of Guardians 2 to where it's like, oh, now we got to go find them or whatever it is. Like it, that's sort of what it's it's leading the next movie into. Yeah. And that that whole leadoff was also an identifier that Thanos is the brother mm-hmm. of Eros. Mm-hmm. And if Eros is a is an eternal, then so is Thanos. Uh-huh. Which is a really interesting, interesting thing to where I wonder <laughs> it's one it's one of those to where it's like I, I wonder if they had it all to do over again, what things they would add in earlier. Mm. Like if they said, you know, oh I've heard, you know, if someone's like, oh, I've heard of Thanos, he's something called an Eternal. Mm. To where then you get this movie called The Eternals, and you're like, oh fuck, like that has to do with like people that are related to Thanos somehow, as opposed oh. to sort of retroactively putting it in there. It's not to, not to people that have read the books, but to, but to you know, you see Star Fox come in and he doesn't have the little uh, '80s sort of '70s '80s sort of horns on his mm-hmm. on his right. hair like they gave to almost everybody, but. Right, but it is the right color, though. Yeah, everything is. He, I mean, he looked right. Looked right to me. Yes. And then and it, that the troll. Yeah, Don't with the troll, forget. that's that's Pit definitely uh, that's definitely Patton Oswalt doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's also Pip the troll. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Pip the troll. I remember being introduced to Pip the troll and losing Pip the troll. Hmm. In the same comic. <laughs> it was the first time I ever saw him. And then he was killed at the end of the comic. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, damn. Now I see that the stakes are high in these comics. This is a mess. That, see, Pip I, the Trolls feels like a like a Claremont Excalibur thing to me. He's a Jim Starlin thing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I wasn't too far off. I mean, you, get the, you get the sort of like whimsical sort of, uh, sort of spacey type stuff. That yeah. seemed like, a, you know, you get those middle issues of Excalibur to where they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're like, yeah. whatever, Chris. The cross, the cross time caper. Yeah, you're like, you just do you. I don't know if I'm following this, but I'm just going to keep reading it. Yeah. So that kind of thing. Well, anything else about Eternals? Like I said, I think it's, I don't think it's as bad as I've been making it out to be, but I also don't think it's spectacular. Right. It's big. Yeah, and, I, and now I'm going to also want the repercussions of there being a big eternal, a big, a big celestial head and fingers, fingertips <laughs> busting out of the East Indian Ocean. <laughs> yeah, just in the Indian Ocean, you're like, oh, okay, you're, you're just leaving it there. Oh, <laughs> she didn't, she didn't turn it into butterflies. Okay, got it. Uh, right, <laughs> that would have been a lot of butterflies, though. That's <laughs> true. That, that, that would have messed up the ecosystem. Yeah, I would have had things pollinating my corn in the backyard, though. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to add it to the maps now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those are going to be populated, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are new islands. <laughs> they're like, oh, damn it. All right. Well, yeah. Who's, who's going to be the person to buy one of the Celestials fingers first? Elon Musk. <laughs> That's right. He can, he can have it too. Go he ahead. He can have it. Yeah, go ahead. Go on, Hang go out somewhere. over there. Over there. He doesn't have Wi-Fi either. <laughs> over there, though. Go over there and do it. 
That's right. Anything else, Alan, before we say goodbye on this one? Nada. Looking forward to the next time. Yeah. So if you have any comments, suggestions, or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, you could email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the show over at Twitter. Our handle is at plainlabelpod. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. I do want to thank Mr. Alan White, not ike harris but mr alan white for coming on the show once again if people wanted to hear more from you or purchase something from you where could they do that well um at new mutant on the twitters uh at new mutant 08 on the instagrams and check out my artwork for the power principle which is still in production it's on its way uh finishing up um i'm halfway through issue 14 and I look, got an eye towards the omnibus. Ooh, nice. I'm having a good time. Come, wonderful. come join me. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you for listening. And you can join us next week as we go back to a series. And Eric can come stop complaining about how there's too much story. <laughs> we can go back into a series. And we're going to be discussing this winter's Hawkeye. <laughs>